Good morning. It is time to get up with Mr. Mahomes, silencing the skeptics. Was this the defining performance of his brilliant career? Meanwhile, fly, Eagles, fly, Philly, flapping all the way to the bowl. But is there one major concern they face before the biggest game of all? And then the D in Big D stands for decision made. We'll tell you what this move was and wasn't actually all about as we get up with you starting right now. It's a Monday and we are down to two. The title is on the way. Orlovsky is here. RC is Let's here. Go, RC. Let's go, RC. Let's start the up. AFC. Let's go, RC. The game of the night. The battle between the two legends, the young quarterbacks, the superstars. Burrow, would it be Burrowhead again against the injured Patrick Mahomes? Second quarter, Chiefs up 6-3. This is a fourth down. And only these two guys are making that play. That's a sprint out to the right. Kelsey's supposed to go to the back corner. Feels the defensive back outside leverage, throws him inside. 13-6 KC. Now, same score, third quarter. Bengals throwing it up. RC T. Higgins. T. Higgins Woo! is the number one on any other team. Has the wingspan of a pterodactyl. Mina Khan said, and he shows it there on the touchdown. Tied at 13. Chiefs looking to respond. Danny, how about the speed of Valdez Scantling? So much of this yesterday was Patrick understanding that's the only throw. Kick it out to the sideline to MBS, and then he does a lot with the yards after catch. And later in the drive, this is on a third and ten, Dan, the throw. Hard to explain. I, I don't understand how a guy with one leg moves this way, has the vision to see MBS on the post, safety cuts, and throws a dart to his chest. You see him hobbling, but a brilliant throw. A minute to go in the third. Chiefs first so and ten. How does this happen? This makes me think of that Ravens game. The, the quarterback sneak fumble return for a touchdown. I'm sitting here going, wait, did that just happen? Looks like the ball just slips right out of Patrick's hand. Now the first play of the fourth quarter, Bengals have a fourth and six. RC, what a gutsy call. Listen, you can double Jamar Chase, you can triple Jamar Chase, but when Joe Burrow gives him a chance, he can go up and make a play. This is a huge play for the Cincinnati Bengals. An incredible decision by the coaching staff, and you see Chase going up uh. and getting it. Bengals keep the drive alive, and two plays later it leads to this. Samaj P. Ryan, we are all tied at 20. Early fourth quarter, can you possibly Ask for better drama. Midway through the quarter now. Bengals, a third and three. Danny Burrow picked. A little bit of pressure off his left side. Just makes that throw about a foot too short. Mm. Cook does a tremendous job in double coverage of getting a hand on that football. Big takeaway. Don't sleep on the tackle by T. Higgins there. A big play. Under a minute to go now in the game. Burrow trying to lead a game-winning drive third and eight. But the best player on the field was Chris Jones. And I'm certainly not, not singling him up or not double teaming. Finding a way to get two sets of hands on him in that moment. He gets singled up and he wins. He had two sacks. Ensuing punt. This is Sky Moore, the rookie, deep to return it. See if you can count all the blocks in the back that go uncalled. <laughs> On, on this play, right there. Uh, 29 yards. They weren't throwing flags true. on the guys in red uh, as this game went on yesterday. 17 seconds to go in RC. Here's the mistake that cost them the game. They're not in field goal range, and yeah. then they are. Yeah, with everything that happened throughout the day, this is the play that put the Kansas City in Kansas City Chiefs in position to win it. You just can't do that late in the game. I feel sorry for the guy that he had to deal with that, but you have to be smarter. You have to understand the situation, and you have to know that you can lose the entire season on that play. I feel Joseph, sorry for his teammates. Joseph <laughs> side. He had a very good day, but he made the worst play of the day, and that led to this. Harrison Butker kicking the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. A 45-yarder and it's good. The emotion everywhere. Osai being consoled. The Chiefs are going back to the bowl. Listen to the conversation on CBS after the game. Yeah, I mean, first off, I just want to thank God, man. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Burrowhead, my ass! Yeah. Woo! 
with Mahomes house. I'm gonna celebrate this one first. So uh, I'm gonna make sure I get back with my team. I don't think we have any cigars, but we'll be ready to go at the Super Bowl. They, they, they posted a lot of bulletin board material. They don't mean unless you come in here and play. Rex, you said to me this morning, you think they poked the bear. Did the yeah. Bengals poke the bear at really Burrowhead? No, they absolutely did. And then that the uh, the mayor right there. Yes. Oh, really, dude? Yeah. You piled on and you got your team's butt kicked because you made sure Chris Jones was ready to play and you made sure all of his teammates were ready to play. So, to me, yeah, big mistake poking the bear. Poking the bear, well, it's, it's not. it's not necessarily about poking the bear. You know, like, you get bulletin board material every week and you just got to go out and play football. And when you look at what the Kansas City Chiefs did, they went out and played football. They didn't care about getting their mayor to speak. They didn't care about renaming a stadium. They focused on getting Patrick Mahomes healthy and finding ways to get Chris Jones in one-on-one so he can be an absolute butt kicker. And that's why you win the game. But here's what happened. When you do all that stupidity during the week and when you have all this fun, you set yourself up for this. You set yourself up for Joseph Asai crying on the sideline. And ain't no Kansas City Chief finna run over there and tell him it's all right. It's like Coach Tomlin used to always tell me, nobody cares about your problems, (laughs) right? Most people happy that you got them. (laughs) And right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are extremely happy that Joe Burrow and Eli Apple and that jabroni of a mayor and all of those people in Cincinnati who was sitting at home going like, we won the last three. We got Joe Burrow. He's like Jon Snow. It doesn't matter if you have a dragon. He will kill your queen in front of the dragon and the dragon will forget that it's a dragon. And still, they win. The Kansas City Chiefs show professionalism, though, and execution is what gets you the Super Bowl. Not great bulletin board material. That's brilliantly said, as only you can. All right, Dan, but let's, let's get to business here. Let's start with Patrick Mahomes. That's a man who was clearly playing on one leg. The question is, how would it limit him? The answer is, maybe he gives us the defining performance of his young career yesterday. I've never seen one of those Dragon episodes, so I don't know what you're talking about. When it comes out, here's the – many ways yesterday was part of the reason why we've never seen anything like Patrick Mahomes before. He was the MVP this year. He had the MVP type of performance. And in a game where they ran the football for 34 yards – He had three offensive linemen that didn't play, or excuse me, three wide receivers that weren't in the game at some points, and he's on one leg. He had an MVP performance. And the thing that I liked about the game the most was a lot of the non-flashy stuff. Patrick just realizing, oh, there's nothing else down the field. I can move a little bit, just enough to get the ball in my hands. Move to my left just enough to get the ball in my hands. It wasn't maybe some of the jaw-dropping stuff that we see. Now, we saw that on the Kelsey touchdown. We saw that on the MVS touchdown. And the thing that stood out to me the most is this, Greeny. For a guy that played on one leg and no rushing yards and receivers that were out, Cincinnati's defense touched the ball zero times. Mm-hmm. To, to, to be able to manage the game in that regard and never put the ball in harm's way carelessly was the most impressive aspect of the game performance-wise. They touched the ball defensively zero times. Rex, you also think they didn't touch the quarterback enough times. Yeah, no, defense. absolutely. By the way, Packer Holmes. I've only seen the NFL games for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Easily the most talented player I've ever We've seen. We've never seen anything like it. Nobody really ever. I only saw 50, 50 years of this. Nobody's close and, and, to this okay, guy. So before I get Nobody's to, how close. about the guts that he so, showed you yesterday? The, the, the guts are crazy. And, and for him to sit back, he's clearly on one leg. And for him to make that run, you talk about defining play. Yeah, that's it's real. not the throws. It's that's not a, It's that run. Why? Because look, this dude is—he's got everything. He's got brains. He's got arm talent. He's got—I mean, he's got mobility. He's got all that. 
You know what? He's got guts, too. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, that's what it showed me. Like, this dude is amazing. And he, he just proved I'm, I'm by far the best player in the league. You can put Joe Burrow, best quarterback in the league. This dude right here, <laughs> he is yeah. the guy. He's the guy. And, and here's the thing. I got to say this. Because of that, why the hell didn't you go after him? I love Lou Anarumo. I think he's phenomenal. He's I think the, he's the defensive coordinator, coordinator of the Bengals. Yeah. Yes. If you're facing Rex Ryan, Buddy Ryan, any other Ryan, my wife, she's going <laughs> to knock the hell out of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. All right? You've got to go after this guy. I want to make sure that he knew he was hurt. What the hell? He's sitting back. And that, that's a – I'm going to rush four. I'm going to do whatever. Well, that's the number one offensive line in the league in pass protection, mm-hmm. win percentage. You only had 30 sacks in a regular season, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Go get him. Throw the ball yeah. over anything else. I'm going to knock the hell out of him. And see how he feels. Remind him he's injured. Yeah. But I think I think that's the other piece of it. I talked about it on Friday because we kept trying to get to the point of how will Patrick Mahomes' injury hinder him and hinder this offense. And I said, we have to remember that Patrick Mahomes is about being able to manipulate manipulate the game with his mind. He does have the best arm talent in the entire league. And then what we saw yesterday was the fact that he understands himself. He has enough awareness to know, okay, I can't move the way I'm used to moving. Let me get the football out of my hands. Let me take the check down. Let me get to my third read and get the football to someone that can get yards after the catch. And then when I do need to make a play, when I do need to exceed the X's and O's, I can dig deep and find that play. This is one of those games that Patrick Mahomes didn't teach us anything he needed to teach us about his talent. He taught us about his leadership. He taught us about his willingness to be a part of a team. And then when you see the Travis Kelsey come over and scream what he screamed into the microphone, it's not because Patrick Mahomes is uber talented. It's because Patrick Mahomes is their guy. Patrick Mahomes is a dude that dug deep last week to play in the second half and did the same thing to fight to be there for his team this week and outplayed one of the other better quarterbacks in this entire league. Yeah, I mean, in a conference championship game, the longest run Kansas City had in a win was six yards. Yeah, how about that? They played a team that was on a 10-game winning streak, and the quarterback, Patrick, accounted for 91% of their offense. I mean, it was it was a big-time performance by him, and that's why, listen, this from an offensive guy, Patrick played tremendous. The reason the Chiefs won was a Chris Jones. No question. And that's from an offensive per, per no person. No question. I thought that um, Spags, their defense coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo, did an incredible job of using Chris to either get in one-on-one rush situations for him or create other one-on-one rush situations for somebody else. I thought the coverages attached to it were unique. Rex, we talked about this last week. Those two wide defensive tackles, the center turns to double Chris Jones. Now Mike Danny, you just push the pocket. Chris ends up winning on the back end, but that's because of that pocket push and the coverage attached to it. Third and two, there's those two wide defensive tackles again. One-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one. Chris is getting double-teamed. Somebody else has got to win. That forces Joe to just have a little bit of a miscommunication, maybe a a forced throw in that situation, uncharacteristic interception thrown by Joe Burrow. And then to end the game, Romo mentioned it. You single him up one-on-one with that tackle. I have no idea why they're not chipping with a tight end or a back, and he dominates. So Chris Jones, in many ways, had an Aaron Donald type of performance and impact when it comes to defensive yeah, I mean, tackle. Guys, I, I think he was the most dominant defensive player in the league this year. Player. And play, defensive player of the year. No question about mm-hmm. it. And in this game specifically, 
He was doubled 31 of 38 pass rushes. Hmm. And all he did was have two sacks and eight pressures. Hmm. This guy is the most dominant player. And by the way, you don't need to sit back and say, I'm going to play, I'm going to poke you. <laughs> Guess what? He just smashed you. You're going to watch him play in two weeks. He's still going to be playing. And Spags, to, to his credit right there, he sat back and said, I'm going to finally give you a one-on-one yeah. and let you go whip this fish over saying? there playing right tackle. Like, they're lining up to play against these backups. Isn't it funny how last week they had, you know, they had the same three backup offensive linemen. They just look like backup offensive yeah. alignment this week. Give me a final word here on, on this game. We have a lot of things to get to. I want to get to the NFC game here, and we'll be on this all morning long, obviously, but the, a final the, word. The demise of the Kansas City Chiefs and the rise of the Cincinnati Bengals was a little bit premature yeah. for us. The Kansas City yeah. Chiefs are still the premier team with the premier quarterback. Are the Cincinnati Bengals a part of that conversation? Absolutely. They heard the noise, and they answered the questions. It's, it's so well said, because one of the things I think that got overlooked is all the – oh, they've beaten them three times, beaten them – it was by a total of nine points. I mean, they beat them by three plays. It's not like these were one-sided but the, games. The other part is this now. They won. The Kansas City Chiefs win by a field goal, too. This doesn't say that it's yeah. not going to continue to be a battle sure. going forward. And forward. they needed the penalty to get into yeah. field goal range. They are yeah. evenly matched. And speaking of the penalties, there's a lot to be said about the way those were handled yesterday as well. And we will. But first... Danny and the family were in Philly yesterday oh, man. to watch the Perfect. celebration. Eagles 49ers, and frankly, Dan, you could have played quarterback for San Francisco. They desperately uh. needed you by the time this was over. First quarter, this is a fourth and three. Jalen's going to go for it. He's going to throw it up, and Devontae Smith is kind of going to come down. Great awareness by Devontae. Sticks one hand up. You can see right now he's getting up going, hey, guys, we got to get to the line of scrimmage. I don't know if I necessarily caught this football. Great coordination by Philly's offense being ready for the moment. That's a terrible job by missing the opportunity to challenge that. It was a fourth down critical play early. Miles Sanders punches it in. Touchdown Eagles up 7-0. And now here's really where the game gets away. RC, we're going to see uh, the rush from Hassan Reddick, and we're going to see essentially the end of Brock Purdy's Honestly, day. Honestly, though, pressure bust pipes. We always think about the turnovers or the fumbles or whatever can be created. There's also injuries that are created when you get to the quarterback. And we used to have a thing. Let's see what the backup can do. Yeah. <laughs> And how about the backup's backup? Uh, Purdy would suffer an injury to the throwing elbow. You know what happened by now. How about this run, Rex, from Christian McCaffrey? One of the best runs I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Look, he hurdles over a guy and then spins off, breaks about five tackles in the end. Size the game at seven with Josh Johnson playing quarterback. Then the running game, Dan Miles Sanders. Yeah, this is a great job. Off tackle to the left. You get Kelsey in front. Lane Johnson picks the backside. Touchdown. And then and this is where it gets away. Josh Johnson just drops the snap. It's a tough situation for John, Josh, yeah. Josh Johnson. He's yeah. got a great yeah. career to be in. Ball pops out of his hands. Easy takeaway. And then the hesitation by the second level allows Boston Scott to basically go in untouched. It would have been 14-7 at the half. 21-7 felt like it changed the entire game. And then, in case there was any doubt about it, Josh Johnson's going to go down. You're going to see that. Slay. But it, it, it's more pressure, though, Green. Yeah. This isn't quarterbacks just running outside of the pocket and tearing knees or Achilles. This is pressure put on by the Philadelphia Eagles that is causing these injuries. Brock Purdy had to come back in, but he couldn't throw the ball. At this point, it was basically over. And then now we're running into the kicker. Dan, what are we doing here? <laughs> Green, this is I, I looked over at my wife pretty early on in this game. I was like, yo, this one's over. Um, San Francisco had to sell out to try to get something to happen for their offense short field, and they just come up a little short on that punt. And, and then uh, just one mistake Strong. after another Strong. here. It hurts, Strong. yes, and the push out of bounds. Frustration. I, that, that, honestly, 
for the majority of that game, San Francisco's defense shorthanded played tremendous. Yeah, they did. They did. They realized they had no chance at all. There's Jalen Hurts taking it. And he didn't play well, and they won 31-7. It was that kind of day. Philly is back in the Super Bowl. This is a great city, man. We, we put in the work to have this opportunity. Uh, we pushed each other. We held each other accountable. We got one more. One more. What can you say about this team as a whole? I think we play complimentary football. I think our defense sold up and sold out, created turnovers. We put points on the board when, it, when we needed it most and going to the Super Bowl. This is special because to do this in front of these fans, you know, it's a special city. I love this sports town, and I'm glad I'm part of it. So it is a special moment. What did you just say? I said I actually like Nick Sirianni now. Yeah. After the first yeah. press conference, I wasn't <laughs> that so. That was bad. That's yeah. why we got to yeah. stop judging press conferences, yeah. Yeah. right? I was not, no, because Adam Gase's press conference was pretty accurate. Fair. So, but yeah, after the first press conference, I wasn't sold on Nick Sirianni, but he is the exact coach you need for the Philadelphia Eagles and that city, and it's very difficult to take over for a coach that was fired after winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah but you know what? This guy did it, and he did the job, and very let's get a quick sense of, on the TV, you you could tell it's nuts there. You were there. Give us a quick We were in the, the parking lot tailgating. It was great. I think my kids saw and heard things that they never th had seen and or heard before. <laughs> Pretty sure my 11-year-old got flashed in a middle finger by some 20-year-old, and he looked at me like, what's up? Um, great environment, though. That stadium, when they're playing well, um, it is a phenomenal time. We had a blast. All right. So we got yeah. a little, a little yeah. hair on the chest for your 11-year-old there. I like that. Okay. They, didn't know, they didn't know a term mother had different terms other than mom. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. That said. The Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, and we're going to talk about the offense. We're going to talk about Jalen Hurts, but it starts with the defense and the pressure they put on the board. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they won that game. I mean, the offense never even had to show up. That defense is going to win the game anyway, and it's such a dominant performance. And unfortunately, everybody's going to talk about, well, they never had their quarterbacks or whatever. Yeah, why? Because they knocked two of them that's out of the why. game. Yep. And, and that's why it's like, look, this thing, it might not be a historic defense. But it is a historic pass run. Yep. And so when you look at this, they had 70 sacks in the regular season. Yep. Mm. All right. They, they ended up knocking this guy, these two quarterbacks out of the game. Yep. And by the way, uh, I mean, if you have to give up a sack, remember, fans, if you have to give up a sack, <laughs> block Don't the best it. pass rusher with a tight end. <laughs> then you're going to get it. So you get, I mean, you've given up a sack. Now he's got an elbow. Wait, not not your starting season. tight end, though. No, no, yeah. a backup. No, not George Kittle, but the other one. I, here's the thing that, that if you're the Eagle fan right now, I'm not sure which way you take this, but Jalen Hurts did not look good. He did not look comfortable. He yeah. did not look – and look, Terrible. that's a great defense yeah. he's playing against also. Yeah. But when you don't – when you're – now, now you don't play your A game, and you're going to the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, that, that's what it's about, though. That's what complimentary football is. Mm -hmm. Rex and I have won a ton of games where we had quarterbacks play like that. Yeah. And oh, yeah. that's the reason you have a great pass rush. That's the reason you have a good coordinator. That's the reason you play well on the back end. And Jalen Hurts didn't play well. But let's go back to that game early on where he was manipulating the pocket, where he gets outside – Puts the, push the football down the field to Devontae Smith on what was the catch, no catch, or whatever we want to call it. Jalen Hurts had some moments in this game when he needed to, and they found a way to win. It's not about style points. We're not trying to qualify for the college football playoff. What we're trying to do is give ourselves an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl. And now you play against Chris Jones and that, and that Kansas City Chiefs defense, who isn't the San Francisco 49ers defense, and you try to go out and make plays then. Meanwhile, there was some controversy at the end of this game, and it took place here. I'm sure the New York Giant fans all really enjoyed this. The Empire State Building, the legendary New York landmark, 
lit up an Eagles green red to celebrate the Eagles. Yeah, what? Mean, like that is absolutely ridiculous. You got yes. two football teams in this town. That can't happen ever happen. First I off, mean, that is that is not Ranger ridiculous. colors. I no, don't care. We got the Dallas Cowboy Twitter flaming back. Now we got <laughs> buildings in New York that are representing the Philadelphia Eagles. You know what it Green, is? Anybody is can get it now. Hold this thought. Hold this thought. I want Hold to come back. Ali, I want to come back. I have things that we have a lot to say about the Empire State Building. In the meantime, <laughs> as we continue, the big shakeup in Dallas. A Dax play caller, Kellen Moore, out. His replacement might just be Mike McCarthy. What could go wrong? We'll talk about it as we continue. Plus, Patrick the Great limping through an incredible performance. What exactly did he prove to the world last night? We've got it all. Don't go anywhere. We're getting up with you all morning long on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, how about this moment? Pat Mahomes Sr., a former Major League Baseball pitcher, by the way, celebrating with a cigar. Maybe oh, he wants to send a box God. of those to the mayor of Cincinnati. <laughs> I tell you what, he needs to send not just a box of cigars, he also needs to send a ton of, of lighters so they can absolutely flame, dude. Like they said, stay in your place. No. You don't play no football. Your job no is to watch, clap, and enjoy the money that is coming into the city of Cincinnati when the Bengals win. Talking about his father. Didn't like it. All right, as we continue, uh, much more on Patrick Mahomes. A magical night. We'll talk about what it meant for his legacy, plus the controversial element of this game that cannot be ignored. And then the D in Big D stands for decision made. We'll tell you what this move was and what it wasn't as we get up with you on ESPN. Chiefs entertaining the Cincinnati Bengals for the right to go to Super Bowl 57. Mahomes will fire it late for the end zone. Caught! Marquez Valdez Scantling! On fourth and six, he flings it deep downfield. Oh. Chase makes the catch! Oh, There's the signal! Touchdown! 17 seconds left in regulation. He's going to get a first down, and now gets hit late! It'll be a 15-yard penalty on top of the gain. The biggest kick of his Chiefs' life. Butker's kick is up, and it is good! The Chiefs are going to end the season in Super Bowl 57. 
All right, so much to be said about that game yesterday, but it all starts with the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Despite the limitations in the ankle and everything else, what a day he had. Only Tom Brady has more career playoff games with 300 yards passing, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Have I mentioned that Patrick Mahomes is not yet 30 years old? So, <laughs> uh, so, so look, I mean, it, I remember sitting on a beach. You were there. You were there. I think you were there, actually, in Miami a few years ago when he was getting set to play in a Super Bowl. And we were wondering aloud, is he on his way to being the greatest quarterback of all time? I, Obviously premature to get there. But to this point, was that, considering the injury, yeah. is that the defining performance of his career? It is thus far. But I think we only remember this if he completes the deal. Mm. When you look at what Patrick Mahomes was able to do, we expected him on that beach when we talked about him about him for the first time in the Super Bowl. We expected him to have these opportunities. But it's about how many times you finish. Patrick Mahomes was a guy that didn't just go out and play for his team. He played for an entire city. Patrick Mahomes gutted through this injury last week. He worked his way back to being able to play, and he made every single play he needed to to get his team to win. They weren't just far and away the better football team. He was missing offensive linemen. He was losing wide receivers play after play after play, and he found ways to get it done. Patrick Mahomes is showing more and more that he's so much more than just talent, and we have to start speaking about him in that manner. Yeah, I think that's the thing that I always try to get people to understand about Patrick is the flash – the inexplainable talent is great, and it's the most unique thing that we've ever seen yeah. in that position. But how slow the game is for Patrick. Um, how much aware he is of understanding like space and feel and whatnot. The reality is this. Two of the best quarterback performances you will ever see in your life, I don't care if you're 20, I don't care if you're 80, have happened the past two years in the playoffs, and they both belong to Patrick Holmes. Last year against the Buffalo Bills, we all said it was one of the greatest quarterback performances we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And then yesterday, it is. And that's why you you have to understand, this is not normal behavior from a quarterback. It's a completely outlier performance. RC just talked on it. We have these conversations about quarterbacks, and the number one question when it comes up is, is he a type of player that can cover up flaws in your roster. Yeah. And we didn't see it in week 11. We saw it in the conference championship game against a quarterback that has, is playing as good as anybody in the league. And a team that won 10 in a row. Patrick's understanding of the situation. In many ways, like he played a lot like how much I marvel at Joe Burrow. You know, yep. I always say this to you. Joe Burrow's the best in the league when it comes to understanding how I got to play this game versus this team. Yep. And I talked about it a little bit earlier. Patrick's awareness of... Can't hold on to the ball. Got to trust checkdowns a little more. Got to dump the ball off. It accrued or acquired into building up a 340-day performance on one leg. Yeah, when I look at it, because I've never seen anything like him, and, and I've been watching this game for 50 years, all right? And to me, it's like the intangibles when you play, when you get a guy to play this position are the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You know, outside of his unbelievable physical talent, all right, you look at how smart he plays. Like, this dude is so smart. He might be one of the smartest guys I've ever seen. Maybe the smartest. But his, the other thing, too, toughness, yeah. leadership. You talked yeah. about leadership before. Well, does he not have everything? Every teammate, every person in that stadium wants to play for him. All right, yeah, that, that was clear. That's and true. why? You think he just did it by he's accident? He's got to go win the Super Bowl, Because right? he's just got great ability? No, he's got everything else. The other, the other piece of it is this. We are so far away from the offseason conversation of can Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes without, without Tyreek Tyree, Hill yeah. that we've forgotten that. 
right? We, we, we lamented the entire offseason of what this offense would look like. Can Patrick Mahomes play at an MVP level? And we watched him do that throughout the entire season. And so yesterday, when you're starting to lose players and when you're plugging and, and putting in different wide receivers, different tight ends, trying to make plays, for Patrick, it's nothing. You took Tyreek. Right. I didn't have yeah. Tyreek the whole season. I don't necessarily have a guy I have to throw the football to on the outside because we're just making it work. Yeah. And so now that MVS is winning in the slot against Mike Hilton, I'll get him the touches, yeah. and that's what Patrick Mahomes so, did. Two things. We sat with Patrick on week 18 when we called their game against the Raiders. Number one, he said he choked in the AFC Championship game last year. So just the accountability and the self-awareness. Remember, we asked him about no Tyreek, and he said it's made him a better quarterback because he, he like, listens to what the defense tells him. When he makes that touchdown pass to MVS, oh. you know, like, that's the moment when you sit there and go, that's different. The, this, this gutsy scramble is everything. There's no doubt about it. His, his feel for the situation, this touchdown pass to Kelsey, RC, I'd ask you, how many guys are making that play? I think that combination's the well, only one right now. The other out thing is, Travis Kelsey having the freedom and the understanding and the tie totally. with Patrick Mahomes to do it. This throw, I think the only other guy in the league making that throw is probably Josh yeah. Allen. Probably just the feel in the pocket, the double team to Kelsey, see the safety cut, and then he makes the throw. What people don't see is like he makes the throw. With both feet up yeah. in the air, and he throws a dart. I, that's where I sit there and I go, that's the inexplainable stuff oh. that o- it feels only Patrick can do. That, that throw is Rogers in his prime, too. I mean, yeah. I mean he, he did, yeah. in the Super Bowl. Hey, hey, hey. I, I, hey. I, I, I mean, too soon. I know. <laughs> we're, not, we're not to that week, bro. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, ne- is it next week? It's next week conversation. Here's what we can say about Mahomes as well is that. He frequently, we say, well, he's just the best player on the field. Yesterday, you took some of that away from him because of the ankle. So he beat you with his mind, and he beat you with his guts. And that's what the all-time greats do. So that's an all-time great kind of performance yesterday. Now, not so great. What cannot be ignored is the attention that was paid by fans across the country and probably the world to the officiating in that game yesterday. And the hashtag NFL rigged is still trending on Twitter all these hours later. Now, let's be very clear what we are saying and what we're not saying. The NFL is unquestionably not rigged. That game was nothing of the kind like (laughs) that. That's not the point. But the perception is a problem because the officiating was, A, so bad, and B, felt so So one-sided that it leads to that sort of conversation. And that is a problem in and of itself. No, that, that is a problem, especially when the stakes are this high. And also think about the Cincinnati Bengals and the city of Cincinnati. You feel like you're jobbed when it comes to the coin flip with the Ravens. You, you also understand that now you have to go on the road against Buffalo because no concessions have been made for you as they have been made for other teams. And then you play in this game and down the stretch, it seems that every call goes the other team's way. That is difficult to deal with. But in the end, you got to just go out and win. You don't get to control the calls the official makes. You don't get to control everything that happens on the field. You do get to control not pushing Patrick Mahomes out of um, out, out, out of bounds. bounds right? yeah. You yeah. also get to control not having Chris Jones singled up without chipping him with your tight end. You control how often you rush a banged-up Patrick Mahomes. And that's all you can focus on. Was the officiating absolutely horrible? Yes, it was. But if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, you don't get to count on that because you are still at your house. Yeah, and the other thing, too, please don't punt the ball straight down the middle of the yeah. field. What the hell was that? But anyway. When you're the coach, yeah. and you could see it from Zach Taylor, yeah, and he, again, this is the punt return late in the game. I mean, you can't 
count the number of guys who are blocked in the back. And you can say, well, that happens on every punt return. Well, that's fine. But they seem to be calling the plays that always happen on the guys in the white jerseys yesterday and not the guys in the red. That said, Rex, if you're the coach on that sideline, if you're the coach of the Bengals, what does it feel like? Man, I've been there a few times. And literally, look, I know you you said it well, Grinny. There's no bias in this league. There's not. It's not what's happening here. But – you sure as hell think there is sometimes. I've been on that sideline where it's been Bites. so one-sided, and I'm like, dude, we got nine penalties. They got one. It's it like, I, like it just you, – and you're going to explode. You saw Zach Taylor yep. in there literally when it's – oh, by the way, the third and eight never happened. You're going to have to stop him again. Like, over I've never and over. seen that before. Me either. It's like, oh, that play didn't count. What the hell you did? It's a third down. We're off the field. And, and things like that change things. Penalty here, there, whatever, changes the whole the whole game. So Zach Taylor's got a right to be fuming. But Zach's never going to blame it. And, and I know, I've been in this league forever, blessed to have a family in this league for over 50 years. All right? It's not biased. And that's the beauty of our sport. Right. However, man, you can't <laughs> so ignore it today. Yeah. You Feel can't it. ignore it. Final thought. The final call in the Chiefs game is the correct call. It has to get thrown the Oh, flag. absolutely. Yeah. RC, I get what you're saying with but we have to go win or find a way to go play well enough to win. In a weekend where you saw a dominant, as dominant a run performance as you'll ever see by Philadelphia and a quarterback performance, the, the fact that we have to have conversations about how bad officiating is is my problem. You know what I'm saying? At some point, we have to get this fixed as an NFL because we should be celebrating the performances by the players rather than questioning how bad or why the officiating was so poor. You know what I'm saying? Yes, That's absolutely. Not- That's not what anyone wants uh, in the sport or in any sport. And it is a problem in all of sports. And this weekend it was a, a big problem, we thought, with the football. Again, there was no – we are not – let's be clear what everyone is saying and isn't yeah. saying. But you understand what the fans come away feeling and that in and of itself – feels like a problem. All right, as we continue, much more on yesterday's games, much more looking ahead to the Super Bowl, and then, oh my goodness, are the Packers actually done with Aaron Rodgers? And if so, what does that mean for his future? There's a little enthusiasm at the desk as we continue. Get up All right, before we roll on any further, we didn't get a chance to comment on this completely, but Rex Ryan, as one who coached in New York City, what was your reaction to the Empire State Building lit up in Eagles green yesterday? Slap in the face, man. We got two NFL teams right here. We don't need to see that. I I cannot believe you guys. This This is about togetherness. Have we not learned anything from DeMar Hamlin that when we come together as a country, Seriously? we are better. New York is the center no. of no. America. Don't. And America is about winners. And unfortunately, there are no winning football teams <laughs> in New York, guys. And New York wants to be a part of a winner. Oh, wait. I'm the water in this. Thank God. New York <laughs> wants to be a part of the winner. You don't deserve water after and, that and, comment. See, here's the thing. Don't bring DeMar Hamlin into all this. What you going to do now? No, I, well, I can't argue with that. Exactly. But here's what I can say. That thing is going to be lit up green for us one of these days soon, and I'm looking Why, forward Brady? to it. And it, because of the, it's for the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 and it should never under any circumstances be lit up to celebrate any team, particularly the arch rival of the most popular football team in New York. 
Greeny, you're thinking too deep into it. Do they it. light up the Liberty Bell if the Giants win the Super Bowl? No, but it's Philadelphia. We all know that the fans of Philadelphia aren't nice anyway. I'm not they don't like anybody. They don't even like themselves. I'm not here for it. Okay, one way or another, let's get the fly, business here. Eagles fly. Why, why did they fly? Danny, why did the Eagles fly? And what exactly is it that goes unsung that makes them the best team in the, the NFL? The interior offensive line. They got two Hall of Famers on their offensive line. RC, you and my wife kind of got together on social media last week and became friends. Now you're dogging her. Okay, this is the first run of the football game, all right? This is 14-25. It's second and four. When this run happens, I looked at my wife. I said, babe, this game is over. I want everybody at home to pay attention to the interior of the offensive line. Again, this is the first run of the game. Watch the displacement that happens really on the left side of the offensive line. Everybody pay attention. The ball is going to get snapped on the 40-yard line, okay? When we talk about denting a defense, see what happens for this Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. Look at the displacement that happens at the defensive tackle position. That ball gets snapped at the 40, okay? This is Jordan Mailata. This guy is mauling a defensive tackle. <laughs> the ball is getting snapped at the 40. Right now, the new line of scrimmage is about the 44-yard line. Second thing is this. These linebackers, this is probably the best tandem of linebackers in the league when it comes to getting downhill, okay? They attack the football. The hesitation that happens from these two linebackers because Jalen Hurts is a potential runner on the outside, that nickel can't fire either because he's got to wait. The displacement of the defensive tackle, look what happens. The, the, the ball carrier is at the line of scrimmage. Look at the new line of scrimmage that the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line has happened. Jordan Mailata has pushed his defensive tackle five yards down the field. Looked at my wife and said, yo, babe, this game is over. Now I'm going to go to the first touchdown of the game. This is right after the Devontae Smith fourth and six. You're going to watch the interior of this offensive line again. Change the line of scrimmage. That's step number one. The second thing is watch how slow these guys play because they have vision on Jalen Hurts. All right, look at the new line of scrimmage that happens with these double teams. Look at that. That ball got snapped on the six-and-a-half-yard line. Look at the vision that he has on that seam. The double teams that are happening here and here. And again, these guys are playing so slow and hesitant because they think that Jalen Hurts could be that ball carrier. The displacement on the interior. Look at that. The ball carrier goes – that's scoring from 99 yards out. So the story of this football game mm. is the interior of the offensive line – completely denting the defense. This is an offensive line that created like 12, 10-yard runs, multiple. It was the best rushing performance of the season against the San Francisco 49ers. All right, it's well said, and now they'll go up against Chris Jones in the Super Bowl. In the meantime, in other NFL news yesterday, Adam Schefter, according to league sources, uh, says the, the belief is the Packers prefer to move on from Aaron Rodgers, who has yet to decide if he wants to play next season and if he does, where he wants to play. Listen to Shefty. I think there are people around the league who believe ultimately that Green Bay is going to trade Aaron Rodgers. He certainly sounds like a quarterback who is prepared for that possibility. But at some point here in the coming days, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are going to have to sit down and have an open, frank discussion about what each side wants to do moving forward. And there are people who believe the Packers are open to trading him, and there are people who believe that Aaron Rodgers would like to finish his career somewhere else. People who believe that Aaron Rodgers would like to finish his career somewhere else and that the Packers feel like that might be in their best interest as well. Rex, you got any place in mind? Yes, I do, Grady. <laughs> I want to see him in, in the Big Apple playing for our Jets 
And right now, look, come to the biggest city in the world and the greatest city in the world and, and forget about all these other teams or whatever, Aaron. <laughs> you come here. You've got the one of the best defenses in the league already. We got talent all over the place. You got a great running back that can be back healthy. You've got a great group of receivers mm-hmm. here. And by the way, we got your offensive coordinator that you had yes. when you won two MVPs. So we got everything you need here. Come out here. You know what? We got a pile of money. You're in great shape here. Come on. Come to the Big Apple. Ryan Clark rained on my parade. He thundered and lightninged on my parade yes. on Friday. Have you had a weekend to assess the error of your ways? And come on. What did you think? Well, let, let, let's be serious for one second. Yeah. Yep. When Shefty says the Packers might want to move on from him and he might want to go someplace else, I, what goes through well, your mind? Well, first of all, I think that's the correct mindset for both sides. Aaron Rodgers has been there two decades. Aaron Rodgers been, has been one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen in the entire time we've watched football. And mm. for Rex, that's been 50 years. And you only have one Super Bowl. And it seems that both Aaron Rodgers and the team along together are in the decline. So it's time for a fresh start. It's time to see what or who Jordan Love can be as the starting quarterback. If you're Aaron Rodgers, it's time to see what or who you can be playing somewhere else or being with a different organization. To say that Aaron Rodgers can no longer play this game would be absolutely silly of any of us. But can Aaron Rodgers guarantee you a Super Bowl? Can Aaron Rodgers guarantee you the opportunity to compete with the Patrick Mahomes, with the Josh Allens, with the Joe Burrows on the other side in the AFC? And does he truly want to do that? Because there's no way the Green Bay Packers trade him into the NFC where they have to face him or maybe see him. So now that he's on the other side, Greeny, with that defense in New York, with the run game, with the young wide receivers, do you feel this is a better marriage than Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett in Denver if you get Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett in New York? For Aaron Rodgers, the best place is the New York Jets to go win. There's no question about that. The two questions I have when it comes to this situation are, when it, the, the Packers being wanting and or willing to move on from Aaron Rodgers, if I was the team that wanted to trade for Aaron Rodgers, I'd have to know why. Why are you as an organization who is Super Bowl caliber talent-wise, is it because of Jordan Love and that's it? Do we have to move on to Jordan Love or are there other reasons? Because I'd ask you guys this, and maybe a little bit more of your perspective. If you're a team, if you're, the, if you're Robert Sala, are you saying I want Aaron Rodgers no matter what? Are you saying I want Aaron Rodgers as long as he's going to be here in April and May Look, and help our, the leadership of our team? If I'm Robert Solid, you're darn right I want him. And here's why. No but, matter what. No matter what. I know he's a narcissist. I, I know all that kind of stuff, <laughs> right? It's all about Aaron or whatever. Cool, man. We'll give you eight lockers, man. You got the biggest. You got your own locker. It makes no difference. Why? We are desperate. Yeah. Had, we've had our owners sit back and say, we're one piece away. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right? So we got your, your offense corner. We got all that kind of stuff. Do I think Green Bay would be crazy enough to trade Aaron Rodgers legitimately? I mean, it's nuts. You don't trade Aaron Rodgers. But if they do, we'll take them. All right, let me leave that there for the moment. We have much more to say about all of the football and everything else going on in the world of sports. But this was a weekend where there was news that obviously impacted us within and without the world of sports. In the NBA last night, the Memphis Grizzlies played their first home game since that video was released that showed the shocking beating death of Tyree Nichols by police. The Grizzlies held a moment of silence before their game against uh, Indiana last night to remember a man who was a 29-year-old father and FedEx worker and skateboarder. After the game, players spoke out for the first time since that video was released, including John Morant. At some point, you know, uh, this has got to stop. 
Um, obviously, you know, you, you hate to see it. Um, prayers, you know, uh, to his family. Um, it's just, you know, mind-blowing and, you know, scary, um, frustrating, you know. I'm a father, uh, you know. Uh, I have to go home um, if I get pulled over, you know. Now having to be, you know, scared to get pulled over, um, it's not supposed to happen. Larry Nichols died three days after the beating occurred. Five officers were fired. All of them face second-degree murder charges, as well as other charges, including aggravated assault, aggravated kidnapping, official misconduct, and official oppression. I'll pause briefly on that thought, and we will come back with much more football, of course, coming off of what was a remarkably good NFL weekend, and in particular, Patrick Mahomes silencing the skeptics. Was this the defining performance of his career? We're talking about it next. You're watching Get Up on ESPN.